tell me, do you provide regular childcare for your grandkids while their parents are at work? Because I would love to hear from you today and hear about your experiences. How have you stepped into care for your grandchildren? What are the joys? What are the challenges? Because we know that being a regular carer is very different to being the grandparent who swoops in for the occasional sugar-filled, sugar treat-filled outing. So this is not just a trip to the zoo or a trip to the play center and get the kids hyped up and put them back with the parents. This is about the feeding, the changing, the pram walks, school pickups and drop-offs, driving back and forth to extracurricular activities. If that sounds like a long list. It is because that is the way it is with kids. If you do this for even a day or multiple days a week while parents are working, because grandchildren are a joy, but sometimes caring for them at this level of intensity can be tiring. So I'd love you to tell me how you balance this desire or even pressure to step in and be that caregiver while maintaining your own work, your own life activities, and social connections. How do you feel about looking after your grandkids on a regular basis, especially, let's face it, when you're not in your 20s or 30s or even your 40s? Do you love being a regular on the school run, or are you perhaps resisting that expectation to take care of young children again? Or maybe you're somewhere in between. One or two days a week is fine,、uh, but maybe you don't want to do three, four, five, or more. How do you figure that out? And and parents who rely on grandparents for childcare, please chime in as well. How crucial is this help in making sure that your family and your work life runs smoothly? And how has it changed the relationship that you have with your parents? Tamara Cavanet is a clinical psychologist and also a mother to small children, and has called on grandparents to help out. So perfect for this show, Tamara. Welcome back to Life Matters. Thanks for having me, Beverly. I'd love to hear your experience first of having grandparents come to help out with childcare. How has that experience been for you? Is it something you call on regularly? So definitely something I call on regularly.、Um, but one of the hurdles for me is it's often my schedule changing at the drop of a hat,、mm. and I really need someone who can be on call. And they aren't necessarily willing to just give up their own plans or their own work or whatever they've got going on to meet what is often a sporadic need. So. It's it's real challenge, and I think my expectations when I went into it of what it was going to be like、um, versus what actually happened have been very different. And do you feel like your relationship with your parent has shifted in any way as a result of relying on them for childcare? It definitely has. I think I see them less. Okay. Because when I am seeing them, it's more for a drop off and a run to get out the door to get to the next thing. So the kinds of things that we perhaps invested time in before kids, I haven't had as much of. And when I am seeing them, it's usually just because I need them for、mm. a particular purpose, and that doesn't feel so great. Right. Yeah. You have to make time for other kinds of hangout time as well, where you are together one on one as a family. What are some of the upsides you? Think for your children having their grandparents in their lives in, in their lives like in this way. So it's been really important to me that some of this has allowed them to have a closer relationship. They get to spend more time with them. They get to learn trust, and especially when my children were young and a little bit more difficult to separate, knowing that they're going to someone that they know and have seen regularly and have developed their own relationship is really good. And it does actually. There's a lot of research showing that those additional、um, support and caregiver roles are actually really helpful to a child to navigate、um, their own learning of relationships. So I found it really important. And let's talk about the grandparents as well, because we definitely want to hear from grandparents today. 
How do you think it's been for, is it a, a grandma or a grandpa that's uh, helping out or, or perhaps both? So for me, it's mostly uh, my grandfather. Okay. And uh, how does... Oh, sorry, their grandfather. Their grandfather. <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, how does, uh, how do you think it is for him in terms of wanting to be there for the grandkids, but also wanting to have the, their own life? So look, for him, I think it's a it's a real challenge. So he has his own activities and also work going on. And, you know, my needs have potentially clashed with that. And then, you know, when he makes a commitment to me, it's the question of whether he's supposed to do the other things that are called on versus what he's, um, you know, given to me. And I think that's a real challenge. And there's an expectation about how he should care for them, what he should do and um, when he should be available. And I think navigating that's always tricky. We've got a text in from Jennifer in Epping who is uh, sharing some thoughts on the... Oh, uh, actually, Jennifer is a call and we can... <laughs> We can take her. My mistake. Jennifer, welcome to Life Matters. Hello. Tell us about your uh, caring relationship with your grandchildren. I think um, my caring relationship with my grandchildren, I have five, five and a half grandchildren, um, and my caring relationship is is a great joy to me. Um, I have three kids of my own now, grown up, of course, and I love being able to spend that, that relaxed time with the kids. So I have at least one of them all day on one day a week. Um, and this is the opportunity to do things with that particular per- little person that no, the parents don't have time for, or, um, or, or uh, I'm, in, I'm in just a very different context to that, to the parents. So that little person might be able to sort of talk about things that are worrying them. Um, my little grandson that I'm minding at the moment is four, and I've had him since he was about a year old. Um, just enjoying the, the chilled out things, like taking him to dance classes, you know, um, which he's just really enjoying um, and just helping them to celebrate them as their own little person for who they are, giving them one-on-one time. That sounds wonderful, Jennifer. Do you think of it as a way of doing the things you might have not been able to do when you yourself were a parent to, you know, three kids and maybe flat out yourself? Uh, I think it's, it's a totally different context. I'm now nearly 63 and I had started having my family quite young. I was 23 when I had my first child. I think, as we know very well, we, we all change. We all evolve really significantly in that period of 40 years over our lives. Um, and I think with with some self-awareness, we understand what really matters perhaps later on into our years. We don't, we try not to stress the small stuff. You know, the I have a dear friend that, um, who was you know, just saying it's that it's being patient with the, you know, the, um, emergency toileting and the, the you know, when the parent might get a bit impatient because, you know, the child needs to go to the toilet right now, you know, the grandparent may have a bit more calmness and patience for going, well, this little person's stressed, they've had a big day, let's just be understanding and um, um, I think hopefully that's what we can bring um, as we as we get older to the lives of little kids. And I think nowadays, for, for my children anyway, more my kids are in fairly high-powered jobs, very demanding jobs, and they're very good parents. I'm so proud of all three of them. But there isn't often the time for that lying around in the long grass and the, um, you know, just chewing, just looking 
looking around you and exploring the garden. And Jennifer, like when it comes to the relationships that you have with, say, the, your children, who are the parents of your grandchildren, obviously, and talking about negotiating childcare and spending time together, uh, tomorrow is saying that sometimes it feels like it's a pick-up, drop-off kind of relationship. You don't have as much a genuine FaceTime with, with the grandparent and the, and the adult child. How does that work for you? I think, again, that needs to be quite intentional. It works um, because uh, there are, of course, that I understand what Tamara was saying about uh, there often isn't time for a deep and meaningful conversation. But I think it's really important for us to say those deep and meaningful conversations are still very, very important. So let's put aside things. Let's plan. Let's be intentional about saying, well, in, in a couple of months' time even, let's let's do a coffee date together. Let's just spend time one-on-one and, and let me just give you the opportunity to talk through what's frustrating for you and what's joyful for you at the moment. But I think, like in any of our relationships, it's about being intentional um, and actually planning for what's really important. Jennifer, thank you so much for your thoughtful call. Really appreciate it. If you want to call in like Jennifer has done, the number is one three hundred double two double five seven six. talking about how you manage, you know, making time to talk to your adult child and not just be the person who gets dropped off. Or maybe uh, there's the other side of the coin, you feel a bit of pressure to take care of a, a grandchild when, when perhaps that might not be your, your goal. Tamara Cavanagh, before we go to another call, what were you hearing in Jennifer's call? Well, she sounds like an exceptional grandmother, so I think I would just say, And but it's true. I think that if you've got the time and you're willing to put it in, um, it's often a different role as a grandparent because you're not running around doing 10 or 20 different things. But I have certainly had um, a lot of clients who have felt very differently where they've had their own lives and they haven't necessarily wanted to take on such a caregiving role with their child. Absolutely. Let's go to Barb in Castlemaine and hear what Barb has to say about taking time to look after grandkids. Hi, Barb. Hi, how are you? I'm well. What's your story? Um, I, go, I go from Castlemaine to Melbourne once a week. Um, there are three grandchildren at the one house. Um, so for when there was just one, I um, was there for the first year. Um, quite um, While my, my son was um, on leave, on parenting leave, but I was there to give key help then. Twins have arrived since then, and so all of last year and this year I have um, gone down once a week and looked after the twins, and that's been fantastic. So you've enjoyed that despite a fairly lengthy commute for you, Barb, from Castlemaine <laughs> to, to Melbourne. Yes, and it's been absolutely fine. Um, I think... If if I didn't have this role, the contact with the grandchildren would be much less regular because they are, you know, an hour and a half away. And um, I, I just really value the time with them and being part of them growing up. It's wonderful. It's and one knowing that I'm being helpful too, I guess. It's wonderful to be able to provide that help, Barb. I wonder, uh, on the other side of the coin, do you feel appreciated? Do you get a lot of um, recognition for, for what you do from, from your adult children? Um, sometimes, sometimes, uh, you'd like a little more, but that's okay. <laughs> I know, I know I'm doing, I know I'm being helpful. And the other, my daughter-in-law's mother, she provides, uh, childcare one day a week too. So these children are growing up with close connections with their uh, grandparents. And the interesting thing for me is I had none of that when I had my children, because mm. my 
mother had died and my father remarried and moved into state. Um, and my mother-in-law sort of was a different relationship and was more we'd go and visit her. But um, so I have a sense that I'm able to provide something that I wasn't uh, wasn't accessible to me. Tamara Cavanagh is here. If you have a question for her, I'm sure she's happy to help out. Tamara, just on the uh, question of feeling appreciated, and, and it sounded like the caller really saw all, so much benefit in doing that, but did feel like, you know, sometimes it would be nice to be recognised. That is definitely a live issue. How can adult children in their busy lives make sure that they do show that appreciation uh, so that they can still have that relationship? So, look, I think it's really important that people actually acknowledge when you do pick up what it meant for you and what you were able to do that day. And it, it gives both people a little bit of a boost to say, I actually do acknowledge what you did and what you gave up to take care of my children today, but also what it allowed me to do. And we for, we forget that. We're in a rush. We're thinking about the bath, the dinner or whatever else needs to happen. And we just run in, grab the kids, say a quick hello and we're out the door. Um, it's really about letting people know that it meant a lot and doing so frequently. And, and to be honest, across all of our relationships, we really don't show appreciation as much mm. as we should for the things that people do. Really, yes. It doesn't have to just apply to grandparents who are carers. It can friends, colleagues, partners. I'm sure that experience of just kind of rushing around and giving an info dump is a familiar one to many of us. It's a familiar one to myself. Uh, let's go to Pauline in Sydney. Pauline, welcome to Life Matters. Uh, tell oh, us your hi, story of being you. a grandparent parent care? Well, we look after our little uh, boy who's 22 months old today. We look after him two days a week. But uh, different to a lot of people, our daughter and son-in-law, if he's working in Sydney, actually stay with us on the Monday night and the intervening night. So all our caring is done here at our place, which makes a lot of difference, I can tell you from talking to other people. And, um, yeah, we arrange that. And it's just great because none of this rushing in and rushing out and not talking to your daughter at all because mm. they're here on the Monday night. And um, if our son-in-law finishes work a bit early, if he's working in Sydney, he'll actually get here and cook dinner, you know. And, and our daughter's a vegetarian, so we make a special, you know, vegetarian meal on Monday night. And and as our little fella, he's just he's just delightful. And as someone else was saying, we didn't have that experience getting help from our parents either because my mum was, you know, up the north coast of New South Wales, 800k away, and um, my in-laws weren't around. And, in fact, for my husband and I, we are the two who do this because our son-in-law's people aren't in Sydney. You know, they're great, but they're just not not available so you know it works really well and it's it's just great to have that relationship we've got two other little grandsons up the sunshine coast and when the youngest when the oldest of those was a little baby they came and stayed with us for six months and we looked after him when our daughter-in-law went back to work well, for three days a week that sounds and amazing. that was great too well, that, it was terrific yeah, yeah because the kids sleep a lot at that age like this little fellow we've got now laurie he he sleeps two and three hours, so we get on our computers and get all our stuff done. <laughs> you know, it's like, and I was saying to my daughter not long ago, I find it's sort of having him here, it's busy, but it's sort of downtime for me because we both lead really busy lives, you know, we're involved in a lot of things. And the time with him is just that's our time with him, you know, and it's, it's yeah, it's really good. A time to slow down, it sounds like, but also a highlight yep. of the week. 
and I need that. Yeah, I need to slow down, yeah. Pauline, thank yeah. you so much. That's a fantastic story. Really appreciate you calling in. Let's go to Ralph, uh, north of Sydney. Welcome to Life Matters, Ralph. What's your story about being a grandparent carer? Well, I think it's probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. I'm, uh, and uh, I love every minute of it. Uh, I've got two grandchildren, little Alfie and Esther who are now nearly seven and five, birthday's coming up soon. But when I, when I had children, when, I, when we had our two daughters, I mean, I was in a very demanding job. I used to travel sort of 30, 32 weeks a year. And so probably didn't um, have that opportunity uh, that, I've, that I've got now. You know, my wife took all the heavy lifting and, and did a lot of the, um, uh, the work in the early years. And now I've got the opportunity to really build a strong relationship with our grandkids. So I must tell you, it's, it's, it's a terrific thing. And what have you learned about taking care of little ones and getting used to their routine? It sounds like you didn't really have that kind of contact when you yourself were a father. Now that you are kind of understanding what that actually uh, takes to be that person, what are you learning from that? Well, I, 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 maybe I've made that a little wrong. I mean, I... I did have quite a bit of that when um, when we had our okay. own children, just intermittently. You know, I'd, I'd travel and then come back and we were part of it. Uh, I think that uh, the thing is patience more than anything else um, and, uh, and calmness uh, that, uh, that they're little people exploring the world and uh, developing their personalities and their characters. And, you know, sometimes it's, um, it's explosive and sometimes it's uh, just running around the house, you know, with a pillow. Um, there's, uh, but I think that as you get older, you know, your acceptance of um, uh, children's behaviour uh, is, is, is much easier to, to accept. And uh, uh, whereas probably under a lot of pressure at work and, you know, like everybody, mortgages and money and work and travel and everything else, you probably don't have the same levels of patience that you have as you get older. Ralph, thank you so much for your call. It's lovely to hear from you and enjoy your grandchildren. Uh, we're having lots of calls in, people talking about how much they enjoy being grandparent carers, but, you know, there are lots of stories out there and we take all comers. So if you're listening and you think, well, actually, my experience is different, I am hesitant to be take over as the care of my grandchildren and these are my reasons. Tamara Cavanagh, something that I want to ask you about is conflict because parenting has changed since when the grandparents were parents to when people of my generation are parents and I wonder what issues can arise over how care is given you know there might be a very laissez-faire attitude towards um, napping on the one hand and grandparents might say well I'm the grandparent when I'm here I do it my way uh, I'm going to feed you what I like you're going to work on my time and the parents might you know yeah, they might they might grind their gears a little bit. Just say, uh, how do we how do we deal with those kinds of situations about setting the ground rules and how much control can we actually expect to have when we are having grandparents take care of children sometimes for free? Yeah, so it's one of those things where I think this is a conflict I often see um, when people um, bring this up is that they actually do have wide expectations of what the grandparents should do. So they want them to follow the schedule that they've set in place. They want them to feed the child as they've asked 
with whatever food. And as a grandparent, you might not find some of those rules to be as important, sometimes because you're not affected by it and sometimes because you don't agree with the actual way that those rules go about and you don't think that they're as important and kind of think it should be a little bit more flexible. So often on both sides, I hear a lot of conflict around this. And I really would encourage people to have open conversations about the expectations before you jump into it. So, you know, what do you really see as necessary and why? And why is it important to you? And trying to bring the other person on board, you know, even if they don't necessarily hold the same values on those particular items. And that's something that I think needs to happen at the outset, Um, And certainly from a parent point of view, you do need to be a little bit more flexible. It's not as easy to put a child to bed when they're not, you know, used to you being the main person or they're not in the same space that they usually fall asleep. So it's a tricky situation to navigate. Absolutely. If that's your experience or you want to share uh, an experience like that or ask uh, Tamara a question about how to navigate that exact terrain, let's go to Tazzy now with Cynthia. Welcome to Life Matters. How do you care for your grandchildren? Um, I care for them now. Cynthia, I'm afraid that it's very hard to hear you. We might put you back on hold and see if we can fix up that line. And uh, we'll just uh, come back to Tamara and talk a little bit about the conflict issue. Um, Tamara, do you think it's useful to do things like perhaps even writing something down? That could, I can see uh, both good and bad in a situation like that. Look, I think it's easy to write things down so people have all the information and to make it really clear and easy. But I think it's the conversation that you have around it that's the most important. So even, you know, it's really about bringing back to a central value. You know, the grandparent cares about these little people as much as you do, just in a different way. So when you're really worried about what they're eating, try and bring it back to, you know, your overall care for, you know, their growth, their nutrition, their health which is something that the two of you might agree on, even if you don't agree on the way in getting there. And bring the grandparent on board on your plans, I think could be really helpful, but be flexible. I do think we're never going to get a grandparent to do it exactly the way that you want. Sounds like looking for common ground. The approach might be different, but the, the, the fundamentals are there and looking for what you have in common is is the way to go there. Let's try uh, Alana, also in Tasmania. Welcome to Life Matters, Alana. What's your story of being a grandparent carer? Um, thank you very much. Yes, I've thoroughly enjoyed being a grandparent. I left Italy when I was six and I had a fabulous relationship with my grandmother. And so I've, I felt a huge loss always from that. And then I had the opportunity to have my own relationship with my grandkids and it's been absolutely wonderful but I have to say that further to that, I've got the most gracious grand, um, um, daughter-in-law and my son has been fantastic. So I've been able to establish a relationship with the three grandchildren here in Australia that is just free and easy, which has made for a fabulous family relationship. So that now that they're getting older and I don't have them so much during the school holidays because they started going to band practice and sports workshops and things. We have a regular evening meal together, like one other person was saying, which is just a great way to keep in touch and catch up. 
But they do do things like if they're sick and they can't fight at school and they can't get hold of their parents, they'll ring me and I'll pick them up um, and bring them home and maybe on the way we'll go and have lunch because maybe they're not that sick. (laughs) I'll drop them off home. That sounds quite nice, Alana. It sounds like you really enjoy that relationship a lot. I do, I do. And I have a granddaughter overseas as well. So while she was little... Um, they used to come out here every two years and I would go there for an extended period. And because you're in the house 24-7 and with them, you know, day and night for a couple of months, you also establish a a really good relationship that lasts into their older years. And all I can say is if you have the opportunity to do it, and I know some grandparents don't, but if you do, just take it because it's nothing... Nothing like having a relationship with your grandchildren. It's just so different to a relationship with your own children. Were you ever worried, Alana, that you might not have the stamina as you did when you were a parent yourself to take on the caring abilities? No, I never even considered that. I enjoy it so much that even if I'm totally exhausted after a day climbing up to the top of Mount Lofty and having them winch and whine in my ear about where I'm taking them. I don't care. I just go ahead and do it. Yes. I love that spirit. Thank you, Alana, for calling in. If you have a a story or want to share your experience of being a grandparent carer, then we have another caller from Tasmania. Tasmania is lively today. Peter, welcome. What's your story of being a grandparent carer? I I love being a grandparent carer. It's the most fantastic thing that I could ever have taken on. Um, yeah, well, my odd little aspect of it that some hasn't been brought up yet, uh, my my daughter does shift work. And so, of course, that put a different bearing on That meant the child, my grandson was with us sometimes for days at a time without seeing his mother. And one week my wife worked out, we had him for 96 hours. Wow. Because she had, because of her shift work. That's a huge help to step in, in Peter. Uh, how do you, um, when you are really the care for such a huge chunk of the week, how is that different from having uh, the grandchild visit for a couple of hours at a time? What are the things that you are taking on and how, how do you find uh, the challenges there? Well, basically, he just moves in and becomes part of our family. Um, and, you know, we, we, we used to wash him, feed him at the right times. Um, bedtime could always be a struggle because his, his mother would try and contact us and speak to us at bedtime, but she couldn't always, depending on what was going on at work. Mm. But we um, we just make him part of the family and we put on and carried on. The hardest part was the first few months when he was still a baby, less than 12 months old, because we went down with influenza A as well. So that, that didn't make it too much fun, I can assure you. Oh, no. Influenza and caring for a baby. That's tough going. Peter... No, the... no not him, me. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I know. That's that's what I was saying, <laughs> taking care, care of a baby with influenza. That's that's hard going. Uh, Peter, what do you hope... Are, what do you, How do you see the, that grandparent-grandchild uh, developing as a result of spending so much time together? Oh, the the, the, young, the young he's tired of school now, and we have the m- most wonderful relationship. He, you know, granddad can do no wrong. Um, I stand up for him, and we we play games. We're still playing games. We started off again. We're still going to get that troll out of the garden. There's a troll in our garden. We're going to find him one day. Tomorrow, cabinet. So many grandparents calling in and talking about how that uh, early early year childcare, that intensive grandparent creates a foundation for their relationship, you know, for their whole lives. It's really special, isn't it? 
It, it certainly is. And it's one of those things where even if um, you're, a parent is less available or less able to provide guidance, it's another person in the child's life who's giving unconditional love, who's teaching them things, who's giving them time. From a development point of view and from brain development, it's really fabulous to have an additional um, caregiver with that level of love and care. A few of your texts coming in. Nick has written in to say, I'm a 67-year-old grandfather who looks after my grandchildren two days a week, and I love it. It brings me much joy to me and them. I feel I'm in a better, I'm a better grandfather than I was a father. While I love doing it, I have learned don't be afraid to say no occasionally. What an interesting text, Nick. Thank you for sharing that. A lot in that text, isn't there, Tamara? You saying no as a grandparent, that's such a shift from being, you know, that idea of the grandparents carrying in treats and saying it's my rules, not those rules. But when you are the grandparent care, you do have to have boundaries. Talk a little bit about how you can, as a grandparent, work on saying no better. So it's certainly an issue when people do have to actually say no and it provides attention because there's a concern that maybe you won't be able to see the grandchildren if you do say no or that you might break that bond and relationship. And we do, and you know, of course, as children get older, it's likely that you'll be giving less care. So when you do say no, I think it's important to convey that you want to. So, you know, I really want to be available and I really want to do this for you. It's just that I can't because of whatever reason. And trying to let them know that it's not about not wanting to or um, not, you know, caring about the person. It's just that you can't necessarily give up everything in your life in order to take on what is a caregiver role just because you're a grandparent. And it's, it's a tricky situation to navigate. And what about the other kind of way of saying no as a grandparent, if you are used to being indulgent, actually saying, no, you can't have that extra biscuit, no, and being being a bit harder with the grandchildren? It, it's really hard to do that, I think, because you don't want to actually disappoint and maybe you don't even agree and you're perfectly happy with the biscuit. I think it's just link it to um, the reason for why the parent has wanted it to be that way. So, you know, I'd love for you to have this, but it's going to ruin your dinner um, and try to centre them on something else. I think it's okay for you to take on a little bit of a no and know that they'll still love and care. Most kids like structure. They like discipline and they like predictability and rules as much as we don't think that they do. It gives them a, a sense of a way that the world can be made sense of mm. um, and that they can navigate. So it's hard. Um, it will tug on your heartstrings, but I think it's important for their development. Stay strong, grandparents. Uh, Ariel, welcome to yeah. Life Matters. What's your story of being a grandparent care? Well, I absolutely adore my grandson and I would do anything for him, and I do. Um, my daughter uh, was a late mum and uh, we've just she's just been diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder which requires her having uh, a lot of time with physios and exercise physiology and physicians and so forth so she's very busy but deeply committed to her son's care and does everything she can but i drive him to his he has autism level three and various co-occurring disorders including a physical disorder so he does need care and watching out that he isn't escaping into danger uh, 24 7 365 um, my daughter and my former husband and I all bought a house together in order to 
increase the number of caregivers, um, but my former husband works full time. So that's difficult, um, but we, I use the time when I'm driving to do fun educational things with him. We do counting games, we count other cars. Um, he tells me whether I'm supposed to turn left or right. We, he looks at the speed limit numbers and tells me what they are. We sing songs. So that's enjoyable. It's just that my health is deteriorating um, under the pressure of it mm. because the NDIS cut his package so that there was no one else to do the driving. <laughs> um, I would be very happy if I was able to just do the um, emotional support and help with um, him learning things. Absolutely. Um, he does go to school as well and I drive him there and that's a 60-minute return journey and the other. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate, Ariel, and we wish you all the best. It sounds like all hands on deck, the family joining together there. So well done and, and hang in there. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Uh, let's go to Dina in Melbourne. Welcome to Life Matters, Dina. What's your take on being a grandparent carer? Oh, well, I was almost going to hang up once. No, let's hear the first calls. It's not all joy. You know, I'm hearing all these wonderful stories, this so much pain for me. I have one grandson in Melbourne and it's my darling daughter-in-law's mother who, so I live 40 minutes away, her mother lives 20 minutes away and it's my daughter-in-law's mother. The girls go to their mums. So So you, do you feel like you're missing out, Dina? I'm missing out a lot. I get to see him like two hours a week. Right. And that's, that's just to help him pick him up from daycare. Yeah, I'm, I'm really very sad about it. And it's not all, you know, the stories I'm hearing, which are all wonderful, there are many other sides to it. Absolutely, Dina. I really appreciate you calling in and shedding that light because we should have that conversation. I wonder if I can bring you in tomorrow and maybe you can help Dina add a little bit. What kind of, if Dina was to ask to have more caring time and access to her grandchildren, how might she start that conversation? So one of the things you really want to actually go in with is, you know, about how much you care about this child and how important they are and what an additional caregiver can bring to it. So a lot of different perspectives actually allow a child to navigate a world in a different way. So if you speak to the positives when you're doing it and showing that you're actually considering what the child's needs are and their point of view, that can be really helpful. And I do agree. She mentions a lot of grief and loss and a lot of grandparents that I see will speak to the same thing, that the relationship they'd hope to have and the access they'd hope to have, it hasn't gone that way. So trying to reduce the conflict and to find out what might be the barrier that the parents are experiencing to having you take the primary care. So a real open conversation where you're really listening to them and their view and to see if you can't find a little window of opportunity to get in there rather than confronting it head on would be really helpful. I hope that helps you, Dina, and good luck to you. Let's hear from Anna in Melbourne. We have a parent calling in. Welcome. What's your perspective on having a grandparent provide care? Hi. Um, I guess, first of all, was um, you were talking a little bit before about the tensions yes. between um, parents and grandparents. And one thing that I've noticed is that 
uh, we're trying to be as flexible as possible, I think, with having my mum take care of our little one. But there are also some non-negotiables, which I think have changed a lot over time. Things like uh, safe sleeping practices, you know, not not, you know, completely covering, you know, little babies with blankets, which used to be okay. Yeah. Um, and or, you know, putting sunscreen on when they're, you know, going outside on, on a hot summer's day. So stuff like that, not negotiable. But then other things are like, oh, well, they can have ice cream in the evenings or they can stay up a bit longer. I think it's just about kind of recognising that they're doing us a favour and taking a load off us, which really does make a big difference. So, Anna, how do you negotiate those, non, those how do you negotiate, finger quotes, those non-negotiables, like putting on sunscreen uh, and and make the case for doing something that we kind of see as a basic and not an optional? Yeah, it's really, I find it really difficult because we know that research um, has changed and, you know, what the recommendations have changed so much over time. And what I'm often confronted with is, oh, well, you were always fine, you know, we raised you fine and that, you know, you're still alive today. <laughs> so um, it's really, really hard to actually come up against that and go, well, you know what, things have changed. And I do try to show articles like... Well, the skin like cancer rates people. in Australia, I mean, holy heck. Oh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that's really hard, you know. And um, But yeah, trying to, I guess, show things like from the Raising Children's Network and that, um, it doesn't always come through, but, you know, we try our best. Any words of advice for Anna calling in to Mark Avenet? Yeah, well, I would definitely be bringing up some of the information that sits behind it. I think they can dismiss you, you know, as you said, raised you fine. <clears throat> so I don't necessarily need anything else. I know what I'm doing. I've done the parenting before. I think they need to remember that the information out there has changed. We are a lot more knowledgeable about things that we have access to and we want people raised in a particular way. And so more asking them to respect your parental choices can be really helpful that even if they don't agree, can they do it because you see it as important? If you can't get in that other angle of here's the information and it's not just me who's saying this. So really informing them, coming back to the values of caring for the child and respecting your role as a parent and that it might be a little bit different. But they're right, a lot has changed over these years. What we think we should feed children, um, the importance of sleep, um, how they should sleep in what situation, a lot has changed across the last 40 years and updating that can be really hard. Tamara Cavanagh, we're almost out of time uh, for this conversation. I want to leave the last minute or so to you to share your final pieces of wisdom and advice for grandparents and parents who are navigating this exact relationship, how to make it work best for everybody? Try to have conversations that are really open and honest at the outset as early on as possible to find out what both people's expectations are so that you can minimise the amount of conflict because what I do see is that a very small conflict that's not necessarily deal-breaker becomes huge as people are more sensitive and when we're talking about children that we value so much. So really open conversations at the outset and really driving in on what you can both agree on and what values you both hold 
when you're talking about things and a real gentle approach to criticism because people are very sensitive when something is brought up that they're not doing right. So just a gentle approach and a lot of appreciation and more positive comments in those conversations will really help you navigate the space. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Tamara. Tamara Cavanagh is a clinical psychologist and a former president of the Australian Psychological Society. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.